0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Latter Day Takes. On today's episode, um, basically, not even basically, it is 100% BYU recap. Uh, They suffered a heartbreaking, well not really heartbreaking, just a frustrating loss to Boise State. I bring on a recurring guest, Chase Bartholomew, to talk about the loss, to kind of assess some of it, things like that, you know, pontificate if you will. Anyway, there's not much more to say than that, pretty much, but anyway, so I some every now and then I upload the wrong file uh, for the podcast, and I realized that when I went back through and listened to Thursday's podcast Thursday's episode with Ari Worthen um, which I liked, and I will bring Ari on quite a bit more uh, so that we can discuss other topics of the sort because we really enjoy talking with each other and Got a lot of good feedback on that as well. And so we think there's a lane there, a lane, an avenue where people might appreciate kind of our takes on some things and our approach there. And we'd love to hear kind of more stories, if possible, from others that would want to maybe come forward and and discuss whatever or give us topics to talk about in that regard. But anyway, I did not have the edited version, completely edited version on that unfortunately so it didn't have like the normal joe rogan intro talking about mormons and other mormon snippets um and it also didn't have the nice outro song just ended abruptly not normally my style but anyway just wanted to make sure i let you know i was aware of that and unfortunately it just means i upload the wrong file like there's i the way i edit it there's going to be two files and one of them is going to be like the total complete the other one's just going to be kind of the raw audio of just the conversation, and I guess I just hit the raw audio this time. But anyway, sorry, we'll get better at that. But with that um, little context here, BYU just landed as 19th ranked in the AP pool. They went from number 10 to number 19, which is about where I would have guessed they go, but it hurt a little bit more because Arizona State actually landed in the 18th spot ahead of BYU. So I don't know how that works, but whatever, it happens, I guess. That... About sums it up. At one time, one of these times coming up, I think you might enjoy hearing a story that I have to tell. When it comes to when me and my friends tagged a rivalry or or a high school rivals football field in the middle of the night, kind of happened abruptly, but it was fun, and I want to kind of go over that story once again because there's a whole story attached to it that actually comes full circle, even kind of a year later, believe it or not. Anywho, uh, I feel like I've drawn this on a little too long. Hope y'all are doing well. Hope y'all had a great weekend and hope you're gearing up for a great week. Uh, Stay positive. The weather is still awesome. I love this fall weather. Hopefully you've got some fun Halloween festivities coming up. And also, moving forward, I'm going to bring back some some of the scary storytellers so we can get a little bit more in the mood for, for Halloween coming up. If you have any That you'd like to share, please let me know. I'd love to bring you on so we can talk about it. Have a good one. Love y'all. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the best cult.
0: Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church?
1: Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. (laughs) Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not drinking. And they're like not cussing. They're like... Slovis, you stink. (laughs) I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some (laughs) more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints.
0: All right, Chase Bart joining us back on the pod. It's been a minute, hasn't it? A couple weeks?
1: Yeah, and joining you under uh, less than great circumstances,
0: I guess. Yeah, neither of us really want to be here right now, but I did promise that we'd do a a post- Post game analysis on BYU Boise State. I just thought for sure it'd be a victory. I didn't think we'd be coming under these circumstances, um, but it's nice to have you back, regardless of what all the listeners say. Don't listen to them. So,
1: I'll well, they're saying matters, bad right? stuff. I'm I'm not hearing any of it. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right, let's just get into it, man. This sucks. I, we we we've already kind of rehashed some of this. This is what makes this. Is, these are the dog days of independence era football, where it's like, what's there to play for now? And yeah, I mean, it's BYU still has a shot. They still have a shot to have a really, really successful season, right? If they don't lose again, then they'll finish as a top fifteen team for sure. Still, will likely will not make a New Year Six. Like it's like if they would only, their really only chances of making New Year Six would be if they had. No losses. if They were an undefeated team.
1: See, uh, I, I was thinking that initially after the game, but reality is there's still a lot of weeks left, and a lot of teams are still going to lose. So I'm not ready to say New York Six is out of the picture, like technically. That's but fair. To- if we ran
0: the table, still, like it's very realistically possible. But the uh, our hopes are dashed in in ways that are unique to independence.
1: And, well, and I think and our hopes loss. are more dashed. I think they're more dashed as realizing that we aren't as good as we thought we were. <laughs> and yeah. that's going to that's going to be limiting in our ability to run the table because clearly if you can't beat Boise State, you're probably not going to run the table against the rest of our schedule.
0: Well, I was saying, I didn't think we were a legit top 10 team really. I, I think I think the the coaches pulling the AP poll, they had us a little bit ahead of what I really thought we were at, which like I really think we're a legitimate top 20 team somewhere in that 18 to 20 range. If I'm getting specific, I talked to my brother the other day. He thinks we're more in the 20 to 25 range after today's performance. I think that's way more accurate. I think we had a bad game and top 25 teams are allowed to have a bad game. So that's why I wouldn't kick us out of the top 25, but I do think legitimately we're closer to the 20 mark.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's put it, let's put it this way. So generally the way it shapes out by the end of the year, some there's a few four loss teams that make the top 25 but they're probably like SEC teams. But as far as like the lesser P5s and teams in BYU's realm, like a three loss team is 20 to 25, a two loss team is like 20 to 10, and then the one loss teams are generally the top 10 unless you're like an SEC team. So BYU if they, you know, if they win out, they still could be a top 10 or top 20 team if they lose two games even. So I think I think it's they're probably between ten and twenty-five. We don't really or not ten fifteen to twenty five is probably where they belong right now. But.
0: Yeah, which you're always a little bit more generous than I am in these situations. But um the problem with this loss was that it, it it really shined a light on how Arizona State fans must have felt after the game against us because they made so many mistakes. They had turnovers that we capitalized on, they had um penalties. Uh, as well, they just looked a lot less disciplined than we did that game, and I remember coming away from that game thinking, "Well, yeah, sure, Arizona State probably shot themselves in the foot, but you can 't take away the fact that b y u came in disciplined, they came in pumped like they were well coached team, and they still won by two possessions, so who 's to say that for sure that was the game changer right there? Just turnovers and penalties on arizona state's end, whereas I look at today 's game and I think, yeah." Turnovers and penalties really was the difference maker and that we would have won had that not been the case and also not to mention the rain, which I am being once again, if I'm being objective here, I'm being unfair to Boise State because they did come in more disciplined and they came in well coached, quite frankly, their offense really didn't do a ton, but they capitalized on our mistakes and they really didn't make a lot of mistakes on their own and they had less penalties.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to show up and play great football twelve weeks out of the year, especially if the majority of those twelve weeks you're playing capable football teams. And Boise State, I know it's kind of the, the joke this year that they're they're not that good, but they're still Boise State. They're still a solid football team, and they almost beat up. They are. They, they
0: we, we knew they were better than yeah. than what the record showed. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And yeah, I mean yeah. BYU got a little overconfident and unfortunately that's just the way of the world. The way of nature is <laughs> you you need to be humbled every now and then and so that's what happened today. BYU didn't didn't show up and play mistake-free football and Boise State did. And that's what happens, you lose the game when that happens.
0: Yeah. Um and so per, you know, props to Boise State in that regard. I still hate them, but we can actually them we can actually pinpoint some specific, like questionable play calls that we had though. I think now we'll get to the biggest indictment here in a little bit, but actually I think the biggest indictment is the coaching and some of the play calls. Cause had that been mitigated and actually, sorry, really the biggest indictment is the fumbles. I don't, I don't know how you fumble three times in a game like that. Um, when the ball the kicker, bad,
1: it's not as easy to hold on to, we'll give them that. Katoa that fumbles time.
0: twice. Algier follow, fumbles once. Um, just ugly, ugly stuff. Um, and that really puts us out of the game. And the rain really took us out of the game from a passing perspective and then also just from fumbling the ball. But anyway, um, some of the play calling was really weird to me. I don't understand how you get to – you run four plays from less than the five-yard line, like around the two to the four-yard line. And you still don't get in the end zone. And how many of those plays were passing plays? Like they, like Algier got the ball once, I think.
1: Yeah, first down should automatically be a run. First, first and goal on the. I mean, do the. Don't do what the Seahawks did. Right. Right. Go in there and pound the ball with your with your star running back, and you give him at least two plays. If he gets the third and goal, I understand you might want you to throw it. But first and second in goals, like an automatic, you run the ball.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then some of those fourth downs, going for it on fourth down was very questionable a couple of times. Well, so there was the fourth down
0: play. We're around mid, about the the cent, what do they call that? Not the century mark, around the uh, 50 yard line, whatever. Um, Midfield. I didn't hate going for it on fourth and two there. I really didn't. Um, But the way we went for it on fourth and two was so stupid. That play call was so dumb. I don't understand calling a fourth and two in shotgun and having your line do a sideways shift as part of the play so your running back has to actually run instead of north to south, east to west. When it's fourth and two, that makes zero sense to me because you can basically fall forward and get two yards. And Algier, when he's just pounding the ball with a lead blocker, when does he not get two yards? So that that play call was a joke. I don't know how you do that on fourth and two. That that play drove me nuts. I think Algier even could have done a better job of just like, you know what, screw my lineman. I'm just going to take the yards I see in front of me because we only need two of them, and he didn't do that. So I think Algier could have done better on that play, but the play call was the biggest problem, obviously, for that one, I thought.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't love it either. I it's, it, you don't do a, it's the same thing. Like with the, we complained about the safety in the Arizona game where you run this long developing stretch handoff. You don't do that when you're just trying to avoid losing yards. You do that. You do that when you're like trying to break a bust, a big one on a run. That's fine. The longer developing play might have a longer potential for a long run, but you're looking for two yards, two yards. And, and then we, we, we did get the fourth and eight, which was the crazy one we went for and we yeah. got it. Yeah. Um, but then Katoa fumbled it on the next play anyway, so it didn't matter.
0: Well, the thing is, our passing game on them was actually fine. Our, like, oh, yeah. our passing game, it was, it was working. Boise State really didn't have a whole lot they could do to stop us. We were our own biggest enemy there because of the weather.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it it seemed like the only batting completions were due to weather, mostly. I mean, other than the interception yeah. at the end of the game. Um, and maybe one Which, or two misfires. Let's get into that. I... I'm not fully on
0: board necessarily with the get Hall out of there, but I am fully on board with the fact that I think, like I've been saying this the whole time. I actually said this when it was Wilson, Romney, and Hall. I think Romney was the best passer then. I obviously think that's changed. I think Wilson put in a lot of work. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, he just became more dynamic and a lot more dependable. I think he took a lot of the characteristics that Romney possessed at that point and implemented them for his own game and became a lot better because of it, among many other things. I think Wilson's the naturally just more athletic player. So maybe that comparison was really stupid then. I get that. But even then, I noticed, my overall point being that I noticed that Romney was an amazing passer. Between the th- Among the three of them, he was the one to me that communicated the best with his receivers. Like, they make a deal. The ball's going to be here when you make your cut. The defender may be on you right now, but he's not going to be on you by the time you make the cut towards the ball, and the ball will be there. That's kind of like Romney's philosophy, it seemed like, as he was a quarterback, and I saw that, and I loved it. I thought Romney was fantastic. I'm not sure, like, there's no question in my mind that Romney's the better passer of the two. Um, The problem is, when you see a game like today, where Jaron Hall, and I say today, sorry, I've exposed ourselves because this is releasing on Monday, but we had to get this out ASAP, right? We had to get our angst out on the on the air, but um, on a game like today, when Jaron Hall is a dual threat quarterback, but he's only using his arm, I don't. I'm. I think at that point you might as well play Romney. Like I, I don't understand. And and granted, obviously Romney couldn't play, so that is I'm, we're basically beating a dead horse here. Romney couldn't really actually come in anyway. But I don't get why you don't use Rom or Hall's legs at all. Maybe he must've been injured, I guess, to a point where they didn't really want to bring him out. But then if that's the case, then like, why wasn't Conover under more consideration? And maybe he was this whole week, which is why they were more hush hush about it. But Hall got to a point where he felt competent enough to beat Boise state, which obviously didn't happen. And quite frankly, there were a lot of variables that went into losing this game. So you can't pin it on one person, but Hall as a leader and as a quarterback on that last drive made some of the worst decisions I've ever seen a quarterback make in any game, quite frankly. And that's, and and it's it's unfortunate because that's the last thing you see but that that third and 18 or whatever it was when all we needed was a few yards to get into field goal range and to keep the game alive i couldn't believe what Hall was trying to do there i just i i, I was i thought it was awful awful decision making
1: yeah I, he that that didn't make a lot of sense and if you watched the play there were definitely shorter options open so i don't know why he felt the need to get it all at once i mean keep yourself alive live to fight for an onside kick i know the Odds of winning at that point were low anyway. Really, where the game was lost is where we gave up the big play to Boise State down the sideline and they went up nine because at that point our odds of winning were down to Or it was two. lost
0: on the Katoa's, Katoa's second fumble. I mean, there were really myriad instances that you could point to where the game was lost. And so that's why you cannot possibly pin it all on Hall. But I yeah, do yeah. think it is worth at least talking about who the more effective quarterback could be between the two, but what were you oh, yeah. going to
1: say? And in Hall's defense, I will say, it felt like when we got that touchdown before we gave it back to Boise, it felt to me that we had a good chance of winning at that point. If the defense could come up with one more stop, that Hall was going to take the team down the field and win the game. I, I really felt that way. Maybe it wouldn't have happened. Um, but yeah, to your point, at this, like I've always been a Jaron Hall guy. Like I, Ever since I saw him play in 2019, I've been on his bandwagon. Um, after today, I'm not willing to jump off of it, but I'm willing to, more so than I've ever said before, I'm willing to recognize Romney as a very viable potential replacement for him. And I think that decision needs to be made in the next couple of weeks because I just don't see all three of those dudes coming back to BYU next year and just being okay with being backups because all three of them fully believe, probably, not only are they capable of starting at... P five programs, they all probably believe they're NFL prospects too, and they're not going to sit around and wait for BYU to make up their mind about that. So, whatever. Do you think goes, Baylor views himself as an NFL prospect? I think he does. I, I mean, why wouldn't he? He's a competent starter at BYU. Whenever you're there's a whenever you're a competent starter at BYU, you probably have a chance in the NFL. That's always been the case. Um, and so he probably. So let, me,
0: let me throw this your way. I got two quarterbacks here for you. Quarterback numbers. Quarterback A has eight, is 82 for 131. Eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Quarterback efficiency of 142.6. We can round up to 143. Quarterback B is 114 for 165. 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. These are career stats, by the way. 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, 1,500 yards. Did I say quarterback A? Quarterback A had just under a thousand yards passing, um, and an efficiency. Quarterback B's efficiency rating is one sixty-eight.
1: I mean, yeah, based and, off based off of the number strictly, it sounds like quarterback B's got an edge there. Um, but strong you know, edge,
0: kinds, yeah, strong edge. I mean, he's he's throwing for over five hundred yards more. His yards per attempt is over. It's a yard and a half more. Um, he Now, here's the thing. Quarterback A's numbers aren't terrible. Now, spoiler, quarterback A is Jaron Hall. Quarterback B is Baylor Romney. And obviously, I'm making the case that just from a passing perspective, Baylor Romney wins here. Like, There's no question. You just look at those numbers. Now, granted, in Hall's defense as well, being objective as we can here, Hall played against harder teams, right? I mean, this year alone, he had three P5s that he started against and won. Yeah. And Boise and ba- State and is Baylor, basically a P five. Let's be. Ba- fair. Yeah, Boise Baylor's never
1: a P5. Baylor's never played against a P five, so there's that too.
0: Yeah, um, he's never played against a P five. Totally fair. Um, but I still think mechanically it's hard to argue the fact that Baylor's a better passer. But here's the real question: the real question is because no question, Jaron Hall has a he, he is he is a force with his feet. But when his feet no longer become an option, at what point do you say, who's the better passer and when do we go with that quarterback? Because today his feet were not an option. We did not have Jaron Hall's legs on our side. I think the injury had a lot to do with that. Um, And so if Jaron Hall is not going to be 100%, if he's not going to be a dual threat quarterback, I don't see why you don't play Romney.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you now. I like I'm if I had if you held a gun to my head and said I had to pick one quarterback to move forward with and that's our quarterback for the next two years, I would probably say Baylor Romney right now. And it's not a, it's not like an easy call, but that's probably what I would say. And part of the reason is so dual threat quarterback, you look at like Taysom Hill, he's the example of that. And when Taysom played at BYU, a lot of the years he was there, he didn't necessarily have like a huge arsenal of weapons. He had like one or two good receivers, but he didn't have like a field full of them. but it's a little bit different now, at BYU. We have like the probably the deepest wide receiver core we've ever had, at least in our lives. And in terms of like how many
0: just effective receivers, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think this cent- this century, this is one of the best cores we've ever seen, just from how good they all can be. And reliable. And so I would
1: say the ability to spread the ball around efficiently and find the open man and hit the playmaker on the field is probably more valuable than the dual threat thing Jaron brings, particularly when Jaron is probably limited in that scope because of injuries that are not fully healed. And if Jaron's not using that element of his game, then really it's a no brainer to go with to go with Taylor granted when Jaron heals up then it becomes another, another story but i don't know if byu has time to sit here and play this quarterback tiddlywinks every week they <laughs> they they, they, they have nice. to they, they have to figure out who their quarterback is because the, the, you got you got to get some consen- you got to get some consistency and some flow and the only, only way to do that is to have the same guy behind center every week so but oh, they all freaking keep getting injured like even Rom- like
0: obviously romney and to your point Romney probably would have played this week had he been perfectly healthy.
1: Yeah. Um, if, it, if, we're, if we're assuming Jaron's limited and they're saying, hey, don't run the ball. Jaron better be have...
0: limited because if he's yeah. not limited and this was the performance he gave us today, then we were like, then then we've got issues because it was bad. It was a bad performance by him today, which that should not necessarily be like, oh, then he's done being the starter. But here's the, the fact of the matter is we have another very solid quarterback option. And let's not forget Baylor Romney is not slow. He He's actually, like, he's he's not totally... I mean, he's, he's a mobile quarterback. He's not a dual-threat quarterback by any means, and I think there is a difference between those two things. But he can scramble around. He can see the field really well and get the yards he needs in order to be effective in that regard. So he's Gunnar Romney's brother, and Gunnar Romney's really fast. So there's got to be some... Sp- speed there that he's got in the family as well right yeah
1: baylor baylor looks like a little bit of a goober when he tries to run part of it's because he i think he pulls his pants up really high <laughs> it kind of makes that, him look a little goofy like a missionary or something so you think um, he's
0: concerned of his pants falling down that's why he doesn't run as fast? I, I don't know
1: it just it just kind of makes him look a little less coordinated than maybe he really is but, <laughs> it, but he gets the job done i mean when he does run it he usually picks up the first down And that's all you really want out of a quarterback is just go scramble for those first downs when we need them. That's crazy. Um,
0: Yeah. So the the average, average rushing yards between quarterback A and quarterback B is 8.3 versus negative 0.4. Believe it or not, the negative 0.4 is Jaron Hall. Just kidding. Of course. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So with that said, this is the only comparison that really matters between the two. Quarterback A, Jaron Hall, has one reception for nine yards, and quarterback B, Baylor Romney, has two receptions for twenty six. So that really cool. should settle it.
1: Well, yeah, that that sells me. I want I want the <laughs> best receiver on the team to be the quarterback. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Which speaking of receivers, let's go back to this. Uh I love the Nakua brothers so much. I'm so glad they're at BYU. Oh, yeah. Like just like they bring just the fact, besides that they're super talented guys, they bring this like element of attitude that we need. As a team. And Samson's touchdown reception was something that Mitch Matthews should take notes on today. Even though Mitch Matthews will never see a football field and a meaningful football field again in his life, he should still look at that so he could teach his boys to move like that and not like their dad
1: because i don't know Matt, thanksgiving's coming up maybe mitch matthews is playing in some serious turkey ball turkey bowl football so Good point
0: yeah far be it from me to to end his career for him but i just as i've been on record before mitch matthews was the worst at using his unbelievably god-given body
1: to, be to use it mitch- to
0: move towards the ball
1: mitch matthews is gonna let the air out of your tires if you don't calm down with a I think you do a lot more than
0: that. I mean, Jonathan, I already got Jonathan Tavernari. Hey, I feel like I can take it at this point, but um, the way Samson Nakua moved to get that, because that was a bad throw by Hall. That was a bad throw, but Nakua, Samson Nakua adjusted so well to it with his body, put himself in a position where all he had to do was just stretch out for it and come down with the ball. Cause the catch itself wasn't particularly impressive, but the adjustment to the ball was something I'm like, I literally never saw Mitch Matthews do that once. And yeah. he was a good receiver. Samson already just knows where to be and where to put himself in position, especially relative to the defender. I loved that play so much. No, and Puka is freaking good. Puka's talented, man. That guy's oh, yeah. fast. He's great.
1: And, and he he brings a lot of aggression to the receiver position, which is fun to watch because you don't see that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, those those two are those two are making this team fun to watch for sure. I like I. I'll, I'll admit, there. I have a bias with the receivers. When I see a ball go up in the air, I, I want one of those two to get it because they're they're probably my favorites.
0: For sure. I mean, I still love Pau. Powell. Pau great. He didn't have the best game today, but Gunnar Romney has even been like, I honestly, I was, I wasn't thinking Gunnar Romney was going to have this un- unbelievable season next year. I didn't think like it'd be, it'd be just like so. Like I, I didn't think Gunnar Romney was as good as basically the rest of B- BYU Nation thinks he is. And I still maybe stand by that to some degree. But he has become a legitimate deep threat. Like that yeah. that guy comes down with the ball. I actually like he's won me over this year more so than he did in previous years because he is fast, but he he legitimately maneuvers well to get to the ball. And well, that's I, kind I of his niche. That.
1: that's his niche. He doesn't he doesn't bring a whole lot of like uh, medium to short pass threat it seems like everything that goes to him is down the field which is fine and we need one of those guys we do need one of
0: those absolutely and he's great at it so i mean he's one of the best we've seen that can do that in a long time right
1: yep and he's very good at like using his body getting it into the right position and making difficult catches down the field laying out for it he seems to come down with it more often than he i mean
0: even the helmet to helmet they called uh, against Boise State, like he was, he was positioning himself to get that ball, and he got his hands on it, but then he got popped,
1: and like who wouldn't
0: have yeah. dropped the ball in that case? Um, but I do yeah, think, I don't know, man,
1: I, I I don't envy the coaches having to figure out this quarterback situation because you feel like you're screwing Hall if you if you abandon him because he hasn't really done anything to necessarily lose the job yet but you just feel like Baylor might give the offense a better flow. I I don't know. I I, I have, I I can't criticize what they do from here because I don't have an answer.
0: From a PR perspective though, the way they could pull it off is if they just make Jaron look more injured than he really is. (laughs) Then it's easy. You play Baylor. If Baylor's good to go at that point, but um, that would at least make it seem like they're not just benching Jaron Hall, right? Which then you'd have to answer a lot more questions to the media. Then you'd have like a split maybe with the team. You'd have a split with the fans, like all that stuff. Cause there's still a ton of Jaron Hall defenders out there. Now Jaron Hall's still good. He just did not play good today. And when you, when you have the luxury, like we haven't had in the past of having other quarterbacks to choose from on your staff, then the, everybody has a shorter leash. It's just the reality. Like, I don't want to hate on Jaron Hall. I wish he was just solid every game. He is allowed a bad game. So Maybe that's our answer. If he has another bad game, that's his leash is done, right? So yeah. we go into Baylor expecting Jaron Hall again. With if he didn't get too banged up today, because honestly, some things come out later. If he got roughed up a little too he, much and just he too, didn't
1: take too many hits today, I think he got tackled. Yeah, it didn't
0: seem once like or twice. it. Yeah. So if he's the genuinely good to go, and we're going to see dual threat Jaron Hall going into Baylor, I'm all right with that. Like I, I don't think he should be benched just from today alone. But if he has another game of bad decision making like he did today. Then, then I think you have to just actually start having tougher conversations and maybe that's when you bring in Baylor because we still have – I mean, like Virginia is going to be tough. Virginia is yeah, going to be tough. USC is going to be tough.
1: Virginia beat Louisville today, so they're 4-2. Yeah. Um, USC look like they're losing to Utah right now, but that game still going on. I mean, um, Jaron
0: Hall's leash might be the first half of, of yeah. Baylor this next Saturday.
1: Oh, Washington State, who looked like they sucked. They're three and three. Now they beat Oregon State today, who was top in the north. So we've got some tough games. We could still lose a lot of games. Like yeah. Just because we started five and one doesn't mean we're not gonna lose four or five games still. It could definitely happen. And so we we definitely if we want to salvage the season, we gotta get this situation figured. And I agree with you. I say you start Jaron for Baylor, but I'm willing I'm willing to go till halftime and say, hey, if it's like a ten to three at halftime when we're losing I think I see you throwing Baylor around me at that point. I, I think, think that's Jaren to, I think Jaron has to come in the first half and do something impressive to keep his job. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I don't think that's asking too much. I think BYU fans have to own up to the idea that this is this is actually a good thing. Like thinking that we may need to bench Hall is a good thing because that means we actually have somebody that could rise to the challenge. We haven't really
1: had that in a while, right? I will say once you make that decision, it's kind of hard to go back on it though. You can't just like flip flop flip flop.
0: I feel like a lot of good coaches do that though. I mean, wasn't Sabin? Saban was pretty quick to do that a couple times, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to go back and look at the situations more closely, but
0: I, I do think I mean Saban that... put in Tua in the second half of the national championship. <laughs> well Sabin's insane. Like, I mean, that's crazy, and they won it. So yeah. I think they won that. Yeah, they did win that because two had some unbelievable throws. Now, granted, I know we're talking about Alabama here, but still, I, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, all I know is I, I, I don't believe that all three of those quarterbacks are going to be on BYU's roster come the offseason. Someone's going to leave. I don't know. One of those three is gone, and I think the loser of the battle right now between Jaron and Baylor probably takes off. That's it my, could easily be two
0: out of the three. I mean, based off of what we believe in. Then, I mean, yeah. Conover supposedly have to have unreal potential, but where you have yeah, to see that. He granted, good. he hasn't been given a fair shake though. I'm not. I'm not out yeah. on Conover by any means. He just his performance in in Utah State was not great. Um, mm-hmm. But it, uh you can give a kid a pass on that. He's coming in that's his first real action there, and it was mm-hmm. in. I, I mean, okay. Let me let me cut myself off here. And remind everybody that one of the amazing just like throw your cojones out there moves I've seen a quarterback do at BYU in a long time was when Baylor Romney came in against Arizona State for one snap because Hall went out for a second and threw a touchdown pass. Just a strike. That was like that was just like that. Like, let's not forget how amazing that was. Because that's like, you don't it, it see an that. It wasn't
1: easy touchdown pass either. It wasn't like someone out in the flat that was like wide open. It was like he had to fit that into a very small window over the top. Um, he came in
0: and threw a strike. And I'm like, that's like, talk about a closer. That's the, that's the equivalent of like a, a top closer coming in in a baseball game yeah. in, a, in a high well,
1: pressure scenario. And mind you, the first, I think a lot of people forgot about this. The first time we ever saw Baylor, Romney was against South Florida in 2019 when Jaron Hall went down, and and and, and right after Jaron Hall went down, South Florida took the lead, and then there was like a very small amount of time, and and Baylor Romney came in for the first time ever, and actually drove the team all the way down the field and almost won the game.
0: Yeah, um, he threw a bomb to his brother Gunner, and I was at first I was like, of course he's throwing to his brother. I was like, that's a joke, yeah. that's ridiculous. And then later I was like, actually, if my brother was quarterback on the team, he better be throwing me the ball. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No, I mean, the thing is, is like, I've never been in this situation as a fan where I like both of them. Like, normally I hate one of them. I hate the starter and I want the backup to come in. But in this yeah, case, you I'm usually up. are that
0: way. That's true. Yeah.
1: But this time I like both of them a lot. And yeah, so I it's kind of hard. It's like, I can't win here because one of them is going to have to go home empty handed at the end of the year. And I, I hate that because I like them both.
0: Yeah. And like I said, if I'm going to get Jaron Hall hater, like hate from this, like you're, you're not listening to what I'm saying because I don't hate Jaron Hall. He had a bad game. He's allowed to have a bad game. But if this proceeds, if he's not a dual threat quarterback anymore, I'm not sure he's the best option. I'm trying to look at this objectively. Yeah. I have no reason to love Baylor Romney like I do. I do think he's been the best passer at BYU at his time here for the last couple of years, besides Zach Wilson last year, obviously. And I'll, but-
1: be, I'll even go, the, I'll go far as to say this. I think Jaron is a better quarterback, possibly. But I think the offense, for whatever reason— just flows better with Baylor and I felt that way in 2019 with Baylor and Zach Wilson. I thought the offense flowed better with Baylor. And uh, it, it kind of feels that way now too. Like I think that I Geronimo- kind of a,
0: I think I know what you're talking about actually. Yeah. That is kind of interesting. And it, and maybe that's easy to say cuz today we had a lot of problems in that regard it seemed like. Mm-hmm. But thinking of just flow like the first 3 games, I wouldn't say Arizona, Utah, Arizona State like there was like this consistent movement where no, it was like a lot of like and I think the pill. biggest yeah exactly and the biggest indication you can go off of is just how the receivers are it seems like like when the receivers are just running the right routes catching momentum it's these like 10 to 15 yard increment throws where they're just all feeling it because it's just this nice fluid motion going down the field as opposed to this rigid like first and 10 second and eight third and seven yeah. and then well, we I mean, get a longer completion you know Whereas that would be a really interesting stat to track down. I don't know how you'd be able to do that, but like it'd be average like how... number
1: of first downs per per drive or something like that. Or... Yeah,
0: and and in what scenario? Like what the conversions are. Like yeah. does does Hall basically have more third and longs than anybody? Because that would yeah. tell you about flow right there.
1: No, right. Baylor just has he just has these instincts that I are hard. To, you can't teach him. I don't even know if Zach had the same instinct. like. Zach, we we got to see Zach his senior year, or his junior year, last year at BYU playing a bunch of crappy teams, and we just we just out-talented all those teams. And but when before that, Zach didn't seem to have the best instincts to be honest. Like he did a lot of dumb stuff, forced a lot of passes. I've never watched Baylor and said, "Man, that was a bad decision." Like he just seems to make good decisions. I mean, just smaller like, sample hey,
0: size man. than Zach Wilson, but similar sample size to yeah. to Jaron Hall. Yeah. So there's that at least. I agree yeah. with you there. I mean, I like I said, I don't want to come across as a Baylor sycophant because I don't really have a strong reason to, other than the fact that I think he is a better passer. Mm-hmm. Um, but along those lines, like if you're just listening to what I'm saying, it's I hope Jaron Hall comes back super healthy and I hope he kills Baylor. Like, and I think he can. I think he absolutely can. Jaron Hall was the first quarterback to beat University of Utah in like what was it eleven years? 12 years. So like he will forever have my love for that alone. And he came in and just got it done. And he was hard to defend. And
1: and the following uh, week, he beats a team that's probably going to win the Pac-12. There's,
0: has a very, like a strong candidate for that. Right. Along those lines, a Utah fan friend of mine actually tweeted at me today and said, Hall beat us with his legs. I'm like, that's exactly right. And so if he's not using those, then what's the point? And that's what we saw today. Now there were other factors. He was a little bit injured. So not only does that affect his legs, it probably affects his throwing a little bit too, but it shouldn't affect his decision-making. And that's where that last play comes down as so crucially bad, is that I don't get why he's throwing these bombs in situations where just incremental short yardage plays are going to get the job done in that moment, but yeah, whatever. I mean, that's I mean, something like- Roderick has to talk to him about like directly yeah. and just be like, you cannot do this again.
1: But to me, the bigger concern today, maybe we've pushed this too far already, but bigger concern for me today was just the fact that Boise seemed to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they are not known for that this year. They're, they're, that's actually their biggest struggle is it's, the line of scrimmage.
0: They averaged like 60 or 70 rushing yards per game this year. Yeah. And how many I mean, did they
1: get on us? They got. A, it seemed like a lot. I mean, at least they got them at the right moments. And we we they, they had a couple key chunk drives like that first drive in the second half took up like half of the third quarter and they only got a field goal out of it but that took up a lot of time and you, that's the that's your worst enemy when you're down by two scores is time and BYU did not have a lot of it in the second half. Boise got 140 rushing yards on us. Yeah, not not not, not amazing. That's, but... that's more
0: than that's more than double what their average is in the season yeah. though.
1: That's yeah, a problem. So it's not like they dominated us in that respect, so, but they, they did what they needed to do to win the
0: game. That's another thing I don't understand. I don't understand people that are so quick to defend Tuiaki. Now, with that said, the defense only allowed six points in the second half. Job well done by them. But there were still these long sustained drives that don't help. Now, with that said, the offense should have done way better. The offense lost us again. game. There's no question about that. We should we should have been able to put up more than 26 points on Boise State today. There's no question about that. But We do have a problem with allowing these offenses to just run out the clock on us and just to, like, take the time away from our offense and whatever else. This bend-don't-break can work sometimes, but let's call a spade a spade. It's not going to work every time.
1: This game was a carbon copy of the uh, Coastal Carolina game. It was the same formula. Basically... You, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, With that said, corner, Coastal Carolina, is like,
0: they were known to run the ball, though, weren't they? They were like but, actually... Yeah, but I mean, ball.
1: basically, the pro, the Yaki strategy is fine when you're playing from ahead. In fact, it's almost a better... When you're playing from ahead, it's great because teams have to take a lot of time to score. And if they screw up, then like... what Whittingham did,
0: the Utes did against us for a lot yeah. of those years.
1: But but when you're playing from behind, it's terrible because you need to get the ball back in quick sometimes. And when when teams can take five, six minutes every time they touch the ball you might only get the ball two or three times in the second half. Which, to their
0: credit, they did that one time when it was imperative. There was the Katoa fumble, Mm -hmm. um, and we got a three and out the next drive. That's true. And I was like, okay, we're okay. Like, We can can still win this game. Well, that's
1: when we came back, and then we scored, but then we we needed needed
0: one more stop. But the funny thing is, is that freaking – it's like – I don't understand how Tuiaki isn't able to just gauge here, like, how did we get that three and out? It's because a lot of times we rush the quarterback. Yeah. Like, we're we're hurrying him up, but for whatever reason, it's like we choose not—I mean, I get these things are complicated. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I know more than any of these coaches. Obviously, that's not the case, but— that three and out really worked. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that we were just going after Boise's quarterback. We were just rushing him like crazy and he wasn't able to do much with the ball. And we got the three and out. And so I don't get why those aren't implemented more, especially when to your point, we are coming from behind. But anyway, yeah,
1: well, it is what it is. We're, we're five and one. We're still going to be in the top 25. We're still in contention possibly for a big game. Cause we have enough marquee games left on the schedule. We can earn our way back up there, but, this year felt like it could have been super special. We were playing with borrowed, uh, I guess we were playing on house money. We'd already gotten the big 12. We'd already beat Utah for the first time in 12 years. So I think based on preseason expectation, this season's already been a wild success. But once we got a little taste of that magic, we wanted more and it looks like we're gonna have to settle for just a good season now, which is fine. Fair enough. Well, Chase, you've got COVID. I do. Yeah, it sucks. I'm uh. On the mend already, but uh, taste was out of, out of commission. Now it's starting to come back. It's already starting to come back. Starting to come back. I, I think the vaccine probably helped me uh not have such severe and prolonged symptoms. I'll probably be get out of up. here
0: with all your conspiratorial vaccine <laughs> nonsense, dude. We don't want it on this podcast. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I
1: I mean I I remain pro vaccine, but that's not neither here nor there. So no. Um. No, it's fine.
0: Uh, that's actually great to hear. I'm glad. I don't, I don't doubt the vaccine works. I really yeah. don't. Um, and, I, and I imagine it mitigates the symptoms quite a bit. But my antibodies are still probably stronger than yours, except for now because you actually <laughs> got COVID.
1: You had the now vaccine got, and COVID. Yeah, so now so I, I probably win that arm wrestle now. So
0: You do now. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Feels good, doesn't it? Uh, you going to get a know, booster shot now? <laughs> yeah, right now. I'm, I have it in my pocket. Yeah, you should. That's so I've been told. <laughs> That's the right thing to do. Anyway, life how though, how's life been with COVID?
1: Oh, you know, it's uh my experience probably isn't too much more exciting than anyone else's. Did the typical lost the taste and smell, starting to get it back. Only had about a few days of symptoms and already feel like I'm on the mend, so not not any crazy dreams wow. or revelatory experiences. Just uh just losing BYU games. That's I blame it on my covid actually. I think that's why we lost today. We needed me at full strength today and I was only I, I was That might be COVID. true actually. Cougar Nation needed to hear your F bombs. <sighs> oh, uh, there wasn't any F bombs, Cougar Nation, just so you know. There were some H uh, bombs and S bombs and B bombs. Some B bombs. <laughs> Who got the B bombs? <laughs> a lot of a lot of them were directed at Boise's team. Um but, yeah, there were, there were a lot of bombs for sure. No F-bombs, though. All right, my
0: parents' dog just found their chew toy, so I think that <laughs> means it's time to sign off now. But thank you, Chase, as always. Appreciate your time, and uh, feel better, man. Get back on that.
1: All right, man, appreciate it. On my table, All right, likewise, take it
0: easy. everything's changing, my mind to a different time. Oh, love, I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley and a rhythm in the night. Cause I could
1: almost see it. Did you fade right out of you? If it takes
0: time.